Wednesday pod ready to go. Former Wolverine Jim Scarcelli is with us, and it's great to see him. Scar, did you uh, were you able to resist the pushaways and have not too many of those punch keys you know, yesterday? You know, having four or five of those can make you feel not so hot today. Yeah, my mom, my mo- mother was Polish. And yeah, we 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 threw down on punchy day. The old man, <laughs> many a fr- many a day, you, you pass out, you eat a couple of those, you're done. You try eating a couple of those, and, and she get the uh, the ones from Hamtramck. Woo. And yeah, that's good stuff. Danny rocking the Lions gear, punchy day. Uh, life is good. Loving the things I'm seeing from Sharon Moore. Uh, just a lot of good stuff, man. People should be optimistic. I had faith, Danny. Let's define faith. Faith was believing without proof when Sharon mm. got the job. That's the way I felt. I talked about it. I'm seeing more and more proof. I'm seeing optimism. Uh, I'm seeing things that I really like. Well, we'll get to all of that. I, that's a good way to, to set the table. We have Scar's reasons for optimism. You just heard him there. He's feeling pretty good on this Valentine's Day. And we also, maybe part of his reason, and ask him this new name, image, and likeness news that was revealed today. And there were a couple offshoots about that, not just the hard news. So that's something to dive into. But the on-field coaches for... Sharon Moore, he's he's coming along and he's looking like he's getting ready to uh, add a, a couple uh, coaches, Scar. And that's where we'll we'll start. The defensive line, Mike Elston did a fabulous job the last couple of years. He went to LA with Jim Harbaugh, uh, Scruggs from Wisconsin. Looks to be he is the presumptive Michigan defensive line coach. It's not been officially announced, but uh, a guy who had the same role at Wisconsin, Greg Scruggs, his background is uh, he was born and played his high school ball in Cincinnati, and then he just went a little bit south, I think, I believe, played at Louisville and uh, coached at Cincinnati with Luke Fickle and then over to Wisconsin where, you know, followed Fickle there. So if, if he is the guy, what do you think of him? I think it's a great, uh, a, a great guy to, to talk to and, and bring in, you know, Danny, you always got to look at uh, where the coaches cross paths. You know, when you see a guy that got hired and he hasn't worked with the guy for five years, 10, Jerome Moore would have been a coach when this guy was a player. So that's why he he saw him. He knows what kind of kid he's not a kid, but he saw him as a player when when Sharon was there. So he has a history with this guy. He knows him. I'm very excited about it. Look, we went from Sean Nua, great D-line coach, win a Big Ten championship. He goes out to USC. We're all upset. We bring the great Mike Elston in, did a great job. Mike coached all five front positions with an analyst. That's the way they did it. <clears throat> he had all five, the two edge uh, edge guys and the three inside guys with the analyst that Jim took him uh, to San Diego. Now, you know, we're all upset. Would have been nice to have Mike. But now Sharon brings a guy like this in. This guy played in the NFL. 
He was a good player. He played under a great defense. He worked with a lot of great coaches. He worked with Luke Fickle, who's about as good a D-line coach as they come. And, 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 and Scruggs played in the NFL. So, I mean, this is a great this is a great choice. I, I would you would hope he could he can recruit and he can teach technique. And uh, but I really like that position. Uh, I like that. If that happens, Denny, that's a great thing. But Denny, let me just say this. The, Go ahead. The, the biggest decision, I said this, the most important decision that Jerome Moore is going to have to make, because it made, I have said it a thousand times, it made Jim Harbaugh's career. He survived because he got the coordinator right. So if you would have asked me after McDonald leaves and Minter leaves, who are the number one guys on the planet you would want to replace Minter? Don Martindale would probably be my number one choice of, of all the people on the planet that can coach defense. Minter worked under uh, Martindale. Uh, McDonald worked under Martindale. He had some great defenses there. Um, he, he's he, the guy, the guy can talk to people, you know, and, 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 and stand up in front of a room and recruit and talk, you know, he, he, he reminds me of a defensive Dan Campbell, you know, rough around the edges rough guy talk but he, but I, he's seen everything he's coached college football you know people say like, he's 60 years old man hey jim harbaugh is 60 years old he comes to work fired up every day you know it's all about a mindset you know you can be 25 and 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 lay on the couch all day you can be 80 and, and out there working i see dudes at the gym 75 years old all the time out there every day working but i listen i was listening to some 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 wink YouTube stuff. He's a team guy. He's going to promote players. It's all about, uh, about, he worked under Jack Harbaugh. He worked under Lou Holtz. He worked under, uh, worked under Buddy Ryan. He worked with Al Davis. This guy has worked under some people, man. And, uh, and he admits that he's always learning. I, I heard, I heard him say that. And, and Danny, if I'm facing Michigan, that's a guy I don't want to see over there. Now you talk about, you know, okay. I think he's smart enough to look at what McDonald did. What look at what Minter did. The system is intact because that was that was that was what what he, what he ran. We don't make any. You know, he may run and did run a lot of a man stuff. People said he was a lot of pressure stuff. He's not an idiot. He's going to look and see what Minter did. What McDonald did. He's going to look at what kind of talent we have. How much man he can get away with. Is zone better for defending? Uh, you know, Maryland for defending UCLA, he, he's, he's, he'll adjust, he'll adapt. So I just can't say, say enough how excited I am about this coach. And, and the smart thing Sharon did, Danny, is he got him hired first. He got the coordinator hired. So now if you're the head coach and I'm your defensive coordinator and now we're bringing guys in, I can have a, the guy know who he's going to be working under. You know, I'm not forced to work with this this D-line coach or this linebacker. You know, obviously, you would hope the guys could all get along, but he's obviously given Wink and Sharon are bringing these defensive prospects in to coach, and they're talk talking about them together. So Wink will probably have a little bit of say, and the guy wants to know who I'm going to be working with too, you know. So I know I got I threw a lot at you, but Denny, I'm fired up about Don Martindale. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you have your own opinion. That's what the big reason that we bring you on here. I, I was uh, just looking at when there was the vacancy and you knew that Jesse Bitter was going to 
leave to go to the NFL. To me, thinking like Michigan's got a lot of good players coming back on that side of the ball. Continuing on with what the Ravens do, that seemed important to me. And I got a guy that taught the two guys before. So that seems like a natural fit. I don't know about it being great, but I think it's good. And I think it can work. And I like that. And I like your point about Greg Scruggs. In, you think about the blend between having a coach, being able to do it on the field, and also being able to recruit. And I, the the points that I like, and you know, Sharon Moore having you know, interviewed this guy will will uh, will connect with him. That's the part like the, none of us are in there with him, but uh, to be able to to see what kind of coach he is. But you mentioned is I like guys that have pro experience. He has pro experience as a player, and he spent a year with the Jets as an assistant defensive line coach. So pro experience as a player and as a coach and at college. I like all that. And I like that he's from Ohio when you think about the recruiting angle. So all of that, those are the things I like. Yeah, both of them, Danny, both Scruggs and, uh, and Martindale, you know, looking at it on the hoof, man, it's like, man, can it get me better? We just, we, you know, we don't, we don't drop off, man. Hey, look, those were Nua. And and uh, Elston and and uh, you know is he gonna is Wink gonna have him coach that whole front five? That's a lot. Mike Elston had the edge players, so it'll be interesting to see how he delegates it. Uh, uh, Danny, I was a position coach when I was a defensive coordinator in high school. Obviously, you can't you don't have as many guys. Coach uh, McCartney and Moeller both coached the inside linebackers and were coordinators. Wink likes to be what they call a walk-around coordinator. He doesn't have a position. Minter did not have a position. So, uh, you know, that's just something that that they, they like to do. So um, I, I got a feeling that you're going to see one of them guys that worked with uh, Martindale with the Giants, uh, one of those guys that I think was fired, or one of the reasons they had the falling out. But listen, Denny, I, I don't know that anybody out here can speculate what kind of a recruiter Don Martindale will be. You know, oh, he's too old. Oh, he's just a pro coach. Really? You don't think a kid uh, talking to Don Don Martindale, you know, uh, won't think that this guy will get me ready for pro football? He's, you know, he understands what it takes. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot that we just don't know. I mean, he, he's a communicator. Sharon Moore can see he can talk to people and communicate and, uh, I mean, he, he could have every bit as much to sell as a young Mike McDonald from a recruiting standpoint or or what Jesse Mentor gave us from a recruiting standpoint. Don Martinville could be better with his experience in the pros. You know, talk about – he coached Ray Lewis, man. You don't think that's going to matter in recruiting, to go in there into a living room and, and uh, tell people, I, you know, I was the coordinator when Ray Lewis was playing or it was, maybe he was an assistant then, but – he was he was part of that staff, so I just see uh, I see our head coach is going to be our offense. I just think it's going to be just like Jim. I think Jim was our offensive coordinator. He's that the structure is is going to be Shro Moore. Wink is going to continue the structure of the defense, and uh, then the new special team coach will continue the things we did there. Yeah. I'll put a question mark next to the recruiting. I don't know. I do know that the the last two defensive coordinators, as, uh, as as well as they did, both McDonald and Minter, that wasn't really their forte, getting out and recruiting. So 
if if wink that's not his forte either it'll be just like the last guys hopefully he'll bring the defense and coordinate it and have that same system and and keep that part going but we don't know so i'll put a question mark on how he does when it comes down on the recruiting side so we'll see uh, yeah, let me uh, say this to you, Danny. we yeah. talked about this before we came on air you know this is this is something that people have to understand man it's when you're the leader, when you're the head coach, you got to make tough decisions. Okay. Jerome's the head coach. He's got Mike Elson there. He ain't never been a coordinator. I'm just going to speculate. I'm sure he'd like to be a defensive coordinator. He's got Clinksdale there. He'd like to be the defensive coordinator at Michigan. Those guys have both been there. Clink's been there with working under two different guys. You don't think he knows the defense? You don't think uh, Elston knows the defense? Jerome Moore, he had to make a decision. He's like, okay, I got these two guys. You know, do I want to be loyal to one of them? You know, do I want to be loyal to one of them and promote one of them? Or I got Wink Martindale sitting out there, you know, who, who, who might be better than both of them. So, and he pulled the trigger, man. And those decisions aren't easy to do that uh, as a leader. And I, I, I can't, I don't know for sure. I'm going to speculate. That's one of the big. Those are the big reasons those two guys both left. One of them, yeah. One of them wanted to be the coordinator, and, I, and, and it might be what's going on. We don't know what's going on with Mike Hart. We're just speculating, but you know he's not the head coach. He's not the coordinator. You know, I mean, guys have goals. Those guys have goals. Most of those college coaches, they want to keep moving up. You know, they want they don't want to be in the same position for three, four, five years. They want to be okay. Now it's time to be a coordinator. Now it's time that you know I paid my dues. So, and. Um, yeah, what I see, Scar, and what I've seen since Michigan winning the national championship, listening and watching people that you think know ball, claim that they know football, are uh, do things that you know they get paid to cover Michigan, and the approach of the the sky is falling or the don't worry everything's fine, the extremes on that. I don't want to say it drives me crazy, but maybe that's there's a, a little bit too much fandom and the people that that cover this team losing the coach. The, the thing about the continuity, I get the fans, you know, freaking out every time something has They're fans. That's what they do. But if you cover the team, let's just, uh, you know, take a second and take a couple breaths when it comes down to it. You know, yeah, Herbert, that was a tough loss. Uh, for Michigan, you're going to have some of these. It didn't mean that. What about continuity? What about continuity? The continuity is keeping that same defense, and the That's continuity, it, the continuity is also keeping the. They've got a two deep that they have not lost one player yet. I'm a little surprised that they haven't. That's the continuity. Yeah. Not everything. I think there were. I don't like it's a their first rodeo, and I know it's not. Continuity didn't mean that every single person was going to stay and Michigan was just going to run this back without any attrition. I mean, let's get real there. And yeah. so, and, and then everybody that comes in isn't automatically like, oh, great hire. This guy's the greatest thing of all time. Let's, you know, so uh, each side of that, whatever, I just noticed it myself, which is uh, a little wild. I want to ask you about, so we've went over Greg Scruggs, who looks, he's the presumptive defensive line coach. The leader in the clubhouse when it comes to the other defensive on-field coach is a guy whose name is Steven Adagoke. 
Adegoke, who played his football at Mississippi State, was a grad assistant at Michigan after he was a grad assistant at Florida. So the 21-year when Aiden Hutchinson, Ajabo, that defense was there. This guy was a grad assistant. Then he went to the pros and worked his way up, spent a year in San Francisco in quality control. And then this past year was with the Texans and coached their safeties. This looks like it's going to be Michigan's next defensive back coach. At least he's the leader in the clubhouse. When I, you look at his uh, resume, at a go case, what jumps out to you here, Scar? Outstanding resume. You know, he's a he played college football. He's uh, he he worked his way up, uh, but you know, Sharon Moore has seen him. He's been to Michigan. Uh, Sharon saw him work. He saw him interact. He saw his attitude. He the interview with this guy is you know, it's it's not he knows a whole hell of a lot more about him. You know, so. That's the great thing. You 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 spent time with the guy. So Sharon has seen this guy work. Uh, he knows how he communicates to players, and and, get, and is he a team guy? And does he think he can recruit? Can he coach scheme? And 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 all that. And uh, another name, Denny, that uh, that is out there for the defensive back. And maybe we might see both of them. Is a local guy, Corey Parker. That was a name that we had heard. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Danny, that is another name that we might see both of those guys. One safeties, because again, Martindale likes to walk around uh, in one corners. This guy, here's a flat out stud. Okay. I'm a little partial to guys that have worked their way up and been successful leaders at the high school. This guy's a, a successful head football coach. Yeah. And I actually coached against him when he was in high school. He played at DePores. So he worked under a great high school coach, Greg Carter. I think he was a couple stops with Greg Carter. I think he might have even worked with Billy Harris. Remember the former Michigan DB that mm -hmm. coached at Huron High School? I think he might have worked with him. But anyway, he, he got the River Rouge job and was really, really a successful coach. I saw his teams played. They were very well coached. You know, a lot of guys win with just great players. Average coaching. This guy a, was a damn good coach. He's been at Toledo. He's highly, highly respected by guys that I respect as coaches. So if we get both of those names, I don't know about the other guy so much. I don't know him, but I'm, I'm sure he's a, he's a solid guy. But if we get both of these guys, we got guys that can talk to people, recruit and coach. And, he, you know, listen, obviously we want to have guys that know and, and can recruit the Detroit area. You know, but you got to have you, you got to be able to go and talk to kids in Los Angeles, Dallas, Texas, Miami, Florida. Of course, you know, he'll have a network. So I like both of those names, Denny. Yep. Uh, the the other, I would say, also on the list was a coach named Lamar Morgan, who's the defensive coordinator and safeties coach down at Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. He has been there for the last two years. Prior to that, he was at Vandy, and then he was at Louisiana, where he played as a defensive backs coach. And before that, uh, Houston. The thing that you'd want to know here in the connection is Vandy. That's with Jesse Minter was there, and Minter endorses Lamar Morgan as a as a secondary coach. So if, if it doesn't work, and a, 
with Adagoke or with Corey Parker, Lamar Morgan is a name for you to keep in mind. Yeah, that's and, that's that's big, Denny, because he really understands the system. He understands right. the philosophy. And let's let's just be clear about a couple of things, though. The 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 the, the Raven defensive scheme system philosophy. I mean, it's not it's it's not reinventing football. Okay, eighty percent of down there, ninety percent of what Michigan does on defense, we did forty years ago when I played. Except we did it all most all of it from a zone principles. They do a lot more man too, but dropping edges, bringing edges, bringing both backers, bringing corners, bringing safeties, dropping this guy, dropping that guy, dropping nose guards. We did all that stuff. Only we did a hell of a lot more zone. So anyway, yes, this makes sense. Uh, he's got a strong reference. Uh, so yeah, th that's why it's, it's good that, uh, Sharon hired the coordinator first, you know, and, and they can sit down and decide and, and go through all the strengths and weaknesses. Cause I would definitely want to, you know, I would want that if I was the defensive coordinator, so they can both sit together and interview these guys, you know, and go over strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. There are some folks that, you know, are wondering like, why are these guys not all being announced in, in Michigan? You know, they're, uh, they have to go through uh, you know, the the different things, whether it's, you know, checking, just dotting their I's and crossing the T's basically. And so even though it will be out there, uh, the official hires and, and when they are announced, that could be a little bit longer than you might expect, but that's just going through all of the. Danny, these decisions are so important. I said it last week. I, I would be in no hurry, no way, no how to be in a hurry. We lose a kid or two. I don't care. You get your coaching staff right. You get the best 10 guys on the planet that you can possibly get. And let me just say this from a, I just, I got, as a former head coach, I would have felt a little slighted at my abilities as a coach. If I'm not able to promote one of my guys from within, I'm just sharing that, that when I look at Clinksdale and um, Elston, I just took a look at that as, as me as a, you know, as a poor leader that I can't develop one of these guys. It's official. Josh Henschke, the publisher of the Mason Blue Review, is confirming a report that Stephen Adegoke will be named Michigan's new defensive back coach. So this is your guy. This is your coach. This is your uh, defensive backs coach. The tie that he was a grad assistant in 21. Uh, and he's got that pro and college experience under his belt. And uh, here you go. So know the name and be familiar with it, folks. Adagoke. So the, 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 the thing he has that the other guys, the other three don't, is he, Sharon has a personal relationship with. He saw him work for a year at Michigan. Yeah. You know, so, but then, he, he, like I said, you still might see, he might have two, he's probably going to have another defensive back coach get hired. You know, so. Um, well, I, just, I don't, if. You know, you only have so many hires that you can make on there. I'm looking at my my big board, and so you got the defensive line coach. Uh, if, if you you also have a a linebackers coach, yeah, let me that needs to be yeah, hired, and that, and that looks like uh, uh, Brian Jean Marie, who was at Michigan back in 2020 and then went to Tennessee. 
he looks to be the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, you know, people people talked about, you know, he worked with Don Brown and maybe we're a little upset, you know, well, he couldn't do a good job here. Well, that was the whole different scheme. You know, you, you can have good coaches that work under the wrong guy and good assistants, and they're just – they're a victim of, of circumstance. You know, they worked under the wrong guy. Well, Don Martindale ain't the wrong guy. And uh, and Minter wasn't the wrong guy. And McDonald's not the wrong guy. And he didn't work under those guys. So he's a good, he's been around, 20-some-year coach. Sharon has a relationship with him. So he knows him. He knows his character. He's seen him in the living room recruiting. Uh, he knows that he, how he can talk to kids. So that's the common thread here is you're seeing guys that Sharon Moore has a relationship with. He doesn't need to sit down in some uh, interview to try to figure out or take a reference from some other guy. You know, that's, uh, that's good stuff that he, uh, he knows and he's worked with them firsthand. Yeah, Denny, let me just say this uh, to, uh, you know, I, I, I talked about not broke, don't fix it. And, I guess maybe I'm moving ahead on the optimism thing, but some of the things that I really uh, liked about what Sharon Moore said, you remember Barry Alvarez built a great program at Wisconsin and they run three tight ends and they ran with a fullback and they had a Wisconsin way defensively offensive ways of doing it. So he retires and he sits down with this guy, Gary Anderson, who was at Utah state who actually, they maybe even beat Wisconsin. Anyway, he ends up hiring him to replace Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin. Now they talked, maintained the system. This is Wisconsin. We play with tight ends. So what does Gary Anderson do? He wants to be a spread guy. Barry fired him after one year. Barry Alvarez fired the guy after one year because he wanted to change what they did for 20 years to build that program. I don't think Sharon Moore is going to change anything. So that's one of the biggest reasons. I know I moved ahead on the optimism side of things, but that's huge because I, I hear him talking and I see it I see it now with, with the coaches he's hired, with Don uh, Martindale. And uh, I just – a lot of confidence there, man, from that. Because that, I seen it – we saw it at Wisconsin about 10, 15 years ago with Gary Anderson who blew up that program. And, again, Barry had to fire him after one year. Yeah, well, somebody was asking about Brian Jean-Marie and the insight Scar gave you a little bit there, and, and he was here. So uh, Sharon Moore will have some familiarity with him, and he has been uh, around, not just at Michigan, Texas, Louisville, uh, South Florida, uh, Tennessee. And I believe the uh, Haitian connection, he was uh, the main – recruiter on getting junior Colson uh, to Ann Arbor. So oh, okay. got that going with for him. Yeah. I mean, just because a guy worked under a different scheme with, you know, we, we, we gave up 60 to the Buckeyes. It doesn't, it's not so much a reflection of him as the guy who's leading our defense. You know, he didn't, he didn't have a say in the philosophy defensively. When you're an assistant coach, you just, you give your opinions, you coach your guys. And the, 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 the coordinator makes the decisions. Yeah. let's. Uh, you're giving your reasons for optimism. Uh, Shadyville loves the defensive hires, not sold on offense, not sold on 
people are not going to be sold on the offense because Michigan is replacing 10 out of their 11 players. And like we were talking about on Monday, there was somebody who's like, Michigan needs to open things up and change things up. Look, they, one thing that Jim, Jim Harbaugh had a lot of different things that he said, but he zeroed in a lot when you came in and said, what about throwing the football a lot more? And he was thought, well, you know, I like throwing the football and he always at some point would say what's important to him was getting point points per drive uh, points per game is a big thing. And, and Michigan has been in this year, they were 14th. If you're in the top 20 in defense and top 20 in offense and points per game, you look at the the teams that were in the college football playoff when there are four teams, whether almost all of them are in there. Of course, Michigan was number one on defense. Of course, with the players that are coming back, you're going to feel good about what's going on on defense. This part about they need to open things up and they need to do this. If they could stay in the top 15 on offense, then you know, you've got it going. Now they have to replace a lot. So that's where I understand where people are not so optimistic about the offense. The defense is going to have to carry them, but I would remind everybody you go back to 21 and you look to the, the 22 defense and you had a new defensive coordinator and you're like, wow, Michigan's got to replace Hutchinson and a job. and tax Hill. The offense is going to have to be the leader and the defense actually uh, rose up and was even better statistically than they were in 21. And then this year they were even better than they were last year, which was amazing. So uh, like um, you got to let this one breathe a little bit when you, in terms of the players that, that you're losing the offense is not going to be as good as it was the last couple. The only question I have on offense really is quarterback. I mean, I I see Hinton and um, what's the other big tackle from Utah, Danny, what the heck's his name? Big tackle from Utah, from Michigan. That's going to be uh, the guy I think will be the starter. Um, uh, anyway, I like the two tackles. I think Percy. He, what? What's it? What's Percy? No, no, I can't think. Pounds? of it. No. God dang it! It's my. I shouldn't have. It is. I. I brought him up last week. Anyway, the two tackles I like. Hinton. Connor Jones. No. Andrew Gentry. Gentry. All right. I like that kid. He's going to be the starting tackle. And we're not going to be uh, – tell you, he's going to give us what, what uh, Trent A. Jones gave us. Hinton will be better. He'll be a year better, a year smarter. He'll be good. Our tackles are going to be strong. We get this kid from Northwestern. He'll give us what Keegan gave us. He's going to be solid. He's a couple-year starter. Thanks, Shady. Uh, El Hadi has been around, Danny. I've said it 100 times. I played with a guy named Rich Stringer. He sat the bench for four years behind all Americans. He started his fifth year when it was a great all big 10 player played in the NFL a long time. There's a lot of great players. that are just, we don't know about them. Uh, Al Hadi's going to, he's going to be uh, in uh, probably leading that, leading that, that position. And then center, there's some good players there. I like the hall kid at running back. You saw what that kid did as a true freshman. Is he going to give us what Corum gave us? I don't know, but. We got Mullings back. We got Donovan back. I mean, why not be optimistic? We got a bunch of receivers back. We got a great tight end back. I want a tight end that can block, and I want a quarter. I want to know what's going on. Listen, we know the quarterback can run, but uh, I'm optimistic as hell for our offense. And I think these coaches are are good coaches. 
I, the things I heard about the guy from Ferris and uh, that, uh, and then we move uh, Big Grant in there. So no, I'm 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 fired up, man. You've seen the quarter. You went down to a practice or two, so you you watch the those guys were backups at the time, but you saw Orgy and Denico more than everyone else that's watching this. Did, did anything stand out? Uh, to me, what stood out last week is Kirk Campbell, the new offensive coordinator. He was talking about the size of Denical at 6'5 and, and 230-something, and he was saying like, he compared him to like a, a Ben Roethlisberger type in that, not that he's elusive and, and that he you know, can take off, but that you are you're, have that kind of size. And like Roethlisberger, you know, you can shed guys and, and get them off of you when you're 6'5 and, you know, pushing 240. Yeah, Danny, when I first saw him, I'm like, this kid, when when I first saw him as a freshman, I'm like, man, he's probably going to be like a tight end in a couple years. That's what I thought. He's a big strapping kid. And uh, Orgy is a big, thick, he looks like a a lineman, man. He looks like a linebacker. Right. So, I mean, hey, if if they can, um, if these coaches aren't, if we're not in the portal, they've seen him a hell of a lot more than me. I saw him throw two, three passes. The backups don't get a lot of passes in practice. Right. We saw him in the spring game. So if those coaches who we have faith in uh, don't feel we need to bring in a transfer, then then we're good there. Hey, Denny, some other news out there that maybe just off subject a little bit. I talked about it. You got these guys like Chip Kelly. You got the guy at Buffalo. And then you got the guy at Boston College. They were both basically at the end of our contract, struggling, probably got had one more year left in their contract because they're you know they were on that last year like win or out they both said the hell with it and took jobs as coordinators that's an interesting trend in college football chip kelly now we're going to go against with the buckeyes i think it's something we need to be uh, uh, understand chip kelly is not the same spread spread guy that he was at oregon he wants to play with tight ends and he wants to play physical his offense is, is a lot like michigan's his philosophy if you really watch ucla play so um, I think that that had a factor on why Ryan Day brought this guy in because he wants to play with tight ends. He wants to play physical. you got to beat Michigan. You better be able to stop him. So it's nothing to worry about. He's uh, He is what he is. Uh, they got, uh, you know, they got, they got good coaches. We got good coaches. But uh, anyway, that's a trend where guys kind of like screw the program at the last minute to go take a coordinator job somewhere else instead of getting fired the next year. It's like, I'm going to screw you before you screw me mentality. And it is what it is. And we got Sean McGee back too, Danny. I don't know if you guys talked about Sean McGee as a a, a guy in, uh, he's going to be like a general manager. Sharon Moore brought him back. Something else is going on too. There's a whole bunch of analysts that aren't getting in the in the in the paper in, in the, any kind of ink here that I wish we had more we could get more of an understanding of. There's there's guys that are play key roles. Some of these analysts, like I I know the guy that worked with Elston was like he had a position basically. He was the edge guy. You know, Mike was the coach of of, of on record, but you know, so I'm I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, how some of these analysts pan out. And I had I had heard recently that some of the strength coaches did go with Ben Herbert, and but the majority of them stayed. So there's a lot of stuff that isn't in the in the paper there. But uh, just I'm anxious to find out what 
because the analysts play key roles and we got to get that right too. Yeah. It sounds like behind the scenes, a lot of people really like that. The Roney, I think Dylan Roney was the guy that was working with yeah. the edges that ended up going to the Chargers. So, and those are the, the decisions that you make when you're the head coach. He could have said that he worked with the edges last year and he could have said, look, let's make this guy our defensive line coach. Instead, he went with what looks like it's going to be Greg Scruggs. And I know, mean, for all we know, Danny, Scruggs may have the, I don't, you know, again, when you're, when you're the head coach or you're the coordinator, Everybody does it differently, man. You know, Mike McDonald's going to call the defense in Seattle. You know, I was a head coach. I never called an offensive play as a head coach. I coached the defense, and I coordinated the defense. So everybody has different philosophies. Something else I liked that I could never see this happening when I played, but Wink Martindale sat down with uh, Mason Graham, Kenny Grant and uh, I guess Johnson. Did you read that? We read that where he sat down with those guys before they hired Wink Martindale. Smart so, move. You know, that's that's Sharon Moore thinking, look, we got to keep these three studs here. So Wink might have closed the deal there as a recruiter. You don't think he can recruit? You got to recruit those three guys right there. So that was probably his first test that Sharon Moore had him in. Say, all right, talk to those three. I'm going to find out what kind of recruiter you are. So I think he passed the test. Well, great point on that. And I was just talking earlier about how, you know, this is not for the, the weak need or anything else, of, you know, covering Michigan, the, the ups and downs. If Michigan is able to keep the, that trio right there, that, and, and, and Wink had something to do with it, that's a, that's a huge win for Sharon Moore and a, a nice endorsement there for Wink, like what you're talking about. So that's a nice job thinking about that. Good job. Yeah. yeah that's that, you know, that, for all we know, that might've been, uh, that might've been the, uh, the test that Sharon put him through to see, uh, you know, see what this guy's about, man. See how the players feel about him. That, that tells them, you know, the guy, I guess he's been in pro football for the last 20 years. Yeah. You don't forget how to talk to people, man, and build relationships. That doesn't, you know, I've heard that argument. Oh, well, he hasn't recruited in 20 years. You think he forgot how to talk to people and, and build relationships and, you know, tell a guy, I care about you. I'm going to develop you. I'm going to push you. And, you know, that that doesn't, uh, you don't forget how to do that. Scar, how about before we get to the NIL, you answer some questions. Yeah, bring it. All right. Um, Shadyville's talking about the offensive line. He says he thinks it's going to take a while for them to get it. They got to be uh, ready to go by September the 7th. That's when they play Texas. So uh, maybe they got 15 practices. They got 15 practices in the spring and they've been working for a couple of years together in a backup role. Uh, they're going to figure it out. They're going to mesh. They're going to blend it in there. You got a, a former, uh, the head coach is an offensive line guy. The, the offensive line coach is an offensive line guy. They're going to get it squared away. We're going to be – our technique is going to th – that's the big thing that I saw right away when Jim got the job was the I, – I felt day one when we when we played Utah on the road there, Denny, I could see a change in our tech, offensive lineman technique in terms of flat back, coming off the ball, executing, blocking the right guy. That stuff is going to be maintained because of uh, – who was hired, I think, offensively. So, yeah, uh, I, I I think we're going to 
you know, they'll figure that out. That doesn't take that long. Yeah, I didn't see it in that Utah game like you're talking about. I don't remember who the second the it was in the non-conference though, and, and Chris Spielman was calling the game, and Spielman said at one point, "This offensive line, what they're doing, this looks like NFL stuff." This, you know, and I was like, "Okay, uh, I'm in." I was sold. Uh, I liked what yeah, he was saying just... there. Uh, SW Lion thinks the offense will need to be more creative with the drop off at quarterback, losing JJ. But he thinks, uh, based on the one-game sample size, when Campbell was the OC, he likes it. I mean, we we may end up having to be more of a quarterback-run team. Now, the upside of, of uh, Orgy's athletic ability is, is if you're going to run him more, then you got more likelihood of getting hurt. So maybe we have to be more creative and find ways. That, that's what coaches do, though, Danny. You got new, You got a new team every year. And you just just because I could do this with JJ and I could do this with Corm, I could run this route with. Hey man, it all changes. You got 15 practice, figure it out. What do I got? What can we do? Uh, the what, what, do you, what was that question about the wide receiver room? Uh, Shadyville saying that they have more potential but very little experience. Yeah, well, you know, again, you got spring practice and you've got. Um, and you got to, you got that one preseason game before Texas, and you know you got to get uh, got to get your confidence, got to get reps, and it comes with experience, man. Well, there's nothing wrong with having Colston Loveland when you're talking about the wide receiver room. You can put him in the tight end room. You can put him in the wide receiver room. That's pretty good. And for me, for for quarterback, I recall Matt Stafford when he came into the Lions. Matt Stafford has got as good his arm as anyone who's ever played in the league, but Matt Stafford, it took him a while to his accuracy, his touch, his ability to just work with the wide receivers and, and to elevate his game. I'm just saying that with these guys, wherever, you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, Alex Orgy and his completion percentage in high school. People had him tabbed as a linebacker just because of that. And uh, Orgy, because he wasn't a, uh, this five star quarterback or anything else. How these guys come along, they can develop the what's going on behind the scenes. And I, you said it, Scar. If they don't bring in somebody to compete from the outside in the spring ball, then they really like what they see from these guys. Yeah, I mean, they see them every day, and they know what they can do with these guys. And uh, you know, and yeah, and I, they must have confidence in them. So I, I, I've said a couple. Weeks, I've been saying it that I don't think our starting quarterback is on the roster, but maybe I'm totally wrong, and they got faith in in, in these guys. There you go. Marty wants to know what's uh, going on with Michigan. Mike Hart. Yeah, that well, is. I don't, a- you know, I don't know. We're just speculating, man. Is he is he upset that he didn't get the job? So is he looking? Saying- you, know, you know what I thought. You you know yeah, I saw this the other day or just the other day that the offensive coordinator from Alabama left to go to Seattle. Mike Hart has a relationship with uh, the Alabama head coach. They coach together at Indiana. At Indiana. So if he's upset, I don't know. You know, they, they, you could you could see him going to Alabama. I don't know. It could just, be upset. They, could be looking for another job. Could be a personal reason. So yeah, we, we just don't we don't know. Um, good news though, too, man. How about eighteen Wolverines at the combine, Denny? The most ever by any team. Eighteen. Out of 300, they invite, I think, 300 guys. That is unbelievable. And, you know, we, we, those weren't the highest recruited kids. 
That's why Michigan Jim in Michigan was always able to you know recruit some pretty good kids because he gets guys into pro football, and and we and Sharon has got to maintain that that mentality and that reputation. Eighteen guys at the combine, Danny. You know, I agree with you there. That's an excellent feather in Michigan's cap. Jim Harbaugh's cap. Okay. Uh, it also it breaks the record of the 2016 LSU team that had uh, 16. So they, they, they beat it by two. Ohio State fired their basketball coach today. Is Juwan Howard concerned? Juwan Howard should be concerned. I don't think Michigan should fire Juwan Howard with the, the season still going on. I think that that's Bush League. But I do believe that after the season that not only is it warranted that uh, I would say that it would be uh, something that should happen. the question is, does Ward Manuel think that should happen? Of course, that's going to be the big thing there. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't be upset if I was a Michigan basketball fan until after the season. So, uh, you know, it's, you got to wet, let that thing play out. I wouldn't do it during the season. Scar, do you see any advantage of, uh, of making well, I, it? I, Danny, listen, the, the, the most important thing I think in that, in basketball, it's so it's just a lot like in football right now, you know, Bill Seif said it at Kansas, the key to winning is, you know, get old, stay old, get old, stay old. And identifying talent, you have got to be a great, guy who can read the transfers that you bring in. You know, Juwan brought in these guys from the kid from t- uh, Tennessee and uh, the kid from uh, Alabama. And, and, and Jim did it with t- 10, 12 transfers last year. You go out and you get Josiah Stewart. You go out and you identify Drake Nugent, you know, and you get um, the kid from uh, UMass. And you, you go right down the line. All these guys we brought in as transfers, Cam Good. You have that's a huge part of being a successful coach, and it's it's one of the most important things. Hire great assistants, have an eye for that, and a talent for that, and then have an eye to identify great talent. And I don't know that Juwan has got it done there. Michigan has done a good job of identifying uh, great players and then bringing them in. Now, obviously, the NIL is a factor with it. You'll you'll transition to that in a minute. Yeah, well, let's do that because this question kind of falls into the NIL. Michigan has they've they announced a, another partnership with NIL, Learfield and Altius, and they're going to bring in a a general manager, and they also have another hire in there. It's the first school to have that type of of structure. That sounds very positive to me. Michigan keeps throwing things at NIL. If there is an elephant in the room when it comes down to NIL is that programs, they see how the NCAA is having a hard time enforcing the NIL rules. And a lot of teams are acting, uh, they're going around the rules. Uh, You could say that the majority of programs are doing that. Michigan is not. Ward Manuel in the statement today when he was announcing this new partnership said they're going to be as aggressive as they can inside the rules. So when I see Shadyville saying Ohio State holds their athletic department to a higher standard, they operate differently. Ohio State, how they are going about acquiring players right now, it's different than Michigan. So if you want to say that's a, a higher standard. I think I'll he's talking about 
I think he's talking about firing their basketball coach for losing. Yeah, well, that's fun. But, you know, like that comes – well, I, I do think it's Bush League, but I also think this, that that is the pluses and minuses when you're bringing in a a coach that played for your unit. You know, Holtman did not play at Ohio State. That's different. You know, you deserve a, a, a little bit longer of a leash that way. And uh, with Holtman, they didn't think that they did. That's more ruthless. I think with with Michigan – I don't think, you know, showing him the door right now is a class move. I think you wait to the end of the year. That doesn't mean you can't be operating behind the scenes if you're Ward Manuel and having your list and talking to the coaches and, and figuring out what you're going to do as the season ends. You better be doing that. But I don't think that that, that means that Ohio State, uh, their athletic department, but that gets me to the NIL. There's a lot of it's um, hey, real quick. Let me just pipe in. I don't know if Mel Pierce, I don't know if Mel Pearson and Chris Partridge feel the same way. They were, they were showing the door pretty darn quick, but go ahead. Transition to NIL. Well, I, I wouldn't agree with that with Mel Pearson. They let the season play out. Uh, a lot of people criticize. And in fact, the majority of people point to how long it took for Ward Manuel to act on Mel Pearson. His contract was up. The season was over. And I don't, was it three weeks that he waited? So there was no, uh, there, there was nothing. Now, but Partridge was involved. The, the NCAA was coming in and whatever happened there. I know Harbaugh didn't like it, but I look at it like this. It worked out for Michigan. They were able to win the game. You know, that was, uh, that was the Friday before the Maryland game. I mean, this is the end of the season. You're playing for a championship. You know, that's great that Harbaugh and everybody else was pissed off and everything else. But but Michigan did it, and it worked out. That doesn't mean it's 100% the right move, but that also was a, a tricky situation when it came down to stallions and everything else. Why yeah, did they fire you know, him? It was because the guys that, wanted guys, him out? Yeah, there's, the other side of the argument was why not suspend Partridge? Why not suspend him? He because, made a mistake. He made, because maybe uh, Tony Petiti then decides, hey, let's tack on another game or two. Right, I'm just throwing it out there that maybe yeah, that's I don't know either. I, I know I that's get... the Michigan side. Everybody's upset. I, I, I know Harbaugh was really made that a big point. Like, oh, Partridge, that was a big deal to him. That was a yeah, real I, big I deal. And, and, and that's, again, that's, we, we don't know as to why some of those assistant coaches left. And you will never know if the way Partridge, Bell Pearson was, was treated is a factor on why some of those coaches left. We don't know. Was that a factor on why Ben Herbert left? Was it a factor on on uh, on Elston? Mm. We don't know. You know, we all work for companies, man. You're looking at how people are treated. So let me just clarify something. Apparently, I somebody thought I I said I had uh, optimism and faith in Ward Manuel. I, I said I had optimism and faith in Sharon Moore. Maybe the Moore and the Ward sounded the same, but I I got faith in Sharon Moore. I'm not. I didn't say that about Ward Manuel. I just want to make sure that clear. Uh, OT does not think uh, Michigan should fire Juwan coming off the the surgery that he had. Maybe that does factor in. Ward Manuel did mention his health issue the day Sharon Moore was introduced as coach Michael speculating that Jordan Marshall, Michigan's running back will leave. If Mike Hart goes, that's a given. Could yeah. be. Cause you know, guys are connected to, I didn't get overly connected to any assistant at Michigan. Some guys do, 
Uh, you know, I remember getting recruited, Denny. You go on these visits, and you know, I remember a guy that was going to go to a college because he met a girl on his recruiting visit. Like, yeah, I already got a girlfriend. Some guys are just crazy in what they what they prioritize as to reasons. Now, it could be he has a great relationship with Michael Hart. Uh, don't know for sure. You know how 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 strong is is his relationship with uh, Sharon Moore? You know with. Uh, you know, with Big Grant, I don't know. You would hope that he has a relationship with all three of those guys that we can maintain if Hart leaves. Yeah, this is a total speculation. You might be right, Michael, but it's it's speculation. I mean, like everybody speculates, and that's what you're doing there. It's not a given. I would not. I would not agree with that. That it's a given that Marshall goes if uh, you know Hart does not retain for whatever reason. So anyway, we're just Denny. They're strength training now. Guys are working. Uh, I, I I believe uh, there's great enthusiasm. There's great energy. Um, my sources tell that's what I'm hearing. Great energy, great enthusiasm uh, with the players. They don't see the coaches, man. They're, the coaches are out and about recruiting and doing their things. And but it was the same way when I played. You know, you go you go six weeks without seeing the coaches. Two, two months. You might not, you know, once the, the bowl, after the bowl game, you're on a different program, man. It's, it's winter conditioning. You're running, you're lifting, you're, you're, you're in school and the coaches are recruiting. And then, then closer you get to spring ball, you might, might, might see them. But. Well, it's a good point. And it's nice to hear from you, Scar. Like the, the, the fans, you lose a coach and it's boo. Oh man, this thing's falling apart. You hire a coach. Yay. You know, it's like that in recruiting. You don't get a recruit for a while. Everybody's sitting around like, why isn't recruiting on a, if Michigan can get some transfers, they get some things going in recruiting. And then you'll see that spring game. You'll see them out there on the field. People start feeling a lot better, especially if the, the QBs go out there and they look sharp. People yeah, are you know, Danny though, listen, we don't need anything on that defense. We don't need any transfers on that defense. I'm going to tell you right now, our defense is locked. And I guarantee you this, Wink Martindale, I, 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 I bet there's not many teams in the country, college football teams in the country, he would have considered. But he would have talked to Minter. He would have talked to McDonald. And Minter would have told him, Coach, we got some damn good players coming back. It's your system. It's your scheme. It's what we ran in Baltimore. Uh, you got to change nothing. This is this is how we did things. You got Josiah Stewart back. You got Grant back. You got Graham back. We got three tough linebackers, three or four tough linebackers back. You got Big Moore on the edge. You got Johnson. You got uh, – I mean, come on. He looked at the players. I guarantee you that. He's not going to go in there where there's, a, 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 you know, some lamb chops and you got some missing links and some question marks. Uh-uh. So – if we don't bring in one transfer on defense, I totally understand it. Totally understand it. And I don't know where the hell you're going to – who's going to play on offense? Where do we – the only thing, maybe center. Maybe center. Maybe a blocking tight end and maybe quarterback. But they they see – you know, Crippen's been there for four years. Maybe they feel the kid's finally ready. Or just, you know, Raheem Anderson or the other kid, Herring. I heard good things about Herring as a potential center. So – Judging it on transfers, I don't know that we need any, Danny. Yeah, well, I, I hear what you're saying about that, but if I just look to last year when they brought 10 guys in, 
you can't have enough competition at the positions. And I think having a tall or a big target at wide receiver, they could have one at quarterback. You already mentioned tight end. The offensive line, you know, I could see them. I didn't think they needed one last year. They brought like three guys in. So uh, they brought two place kickers in, not just one. And on the defense, the defense looked pretty good last year, but they brought a corner, a linebacker. They had a defensive tackle from the year before, and they brought an edge in. So they just kept throwing talent in there. If you can identify players and you think that they're good enough to compete for a starting job, you go out there and you can get them. So I hear what you're saying, that they might not be out there and be as active as they were last year, but I don't I don't know. I, I would I think that they would be open for business almost everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure they are open for business, but if you don't think the guy's better than what you got, you stay with what you got. And maybe maybe they feel real good about some of these guys we haven't heard their name very much. You know, I don't I don't know how right. it could happen. You know, we just don't know. Uh, they see them every day. I trust me, I was that guy that saw my players every day. These people don't know these my guys. You're talking about stuff I we've all dealt with as coaches. Parents and this, that, whoever. Why don't this kid play? Well, you know, you just, I see him every day. Those coaches see him every day. They know, you know, the mental uh, mental mistakes he makes or the physical mistakes he makes or what he does that's good, bad, whatever. But, uh, well, they had two guys that were going to the combine and Braden McGregor and Jalen Harrell as starting edges. And they still went out and got Josiah Stewart. You had Will Johnson and, and no less than four or five guys vying for that cornerback position. And Harbaugh had already said Amarian Walker was their starter going in, and they still went out there and got Josh Wallace. They had James Turner they brought in to be the place kicker, and they still went out and brought somebody else in from Mississippi State, Hudson Hollenback. So they just kept bringing them and bringing them and, and, and bringing them. They brought Tuttle in when they had all – uh, uh, for quarterback too, you know, Danny, again, I, I've talked about this, but maybe, maybe Sharon is seeing that on the recruiting trail with high school kids, that it's affecting Michigan. You bring 10, 12 in. I don't know. He knows the answer to that question. You know, and, and, and uh, what is the fine line between bringing transfers in and then still be able to recruit because I'll tell you what I'm looking at. That's, that's, uh, that's a great question. And I'm going to tell two you years I'm ago, I'm going to say this. Like two years ago, you were saying that you don't want to bring so many transfers in because you got guys that you're developing and uh, team chemistry. And that Michigan just kept going and going and going. And then it was like, uh, this is kind of the changing of how college football and how you're putting a team together. They have a general yeah. manager now. Trust how me. that affects the team and the recruiting trail, that's a great question. Yeah, listen, man, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a former player and a high school coach, and I'm going to counsel my players on, you know, how much do these guys dip into the portal? You know, there's a big difference going to, to play for Dion and going to play for some of these other guys. You know, and, and I'm going to tell you, there's, there's some local kids that is really going to be a, a big sign for me as to where we are, where our program is. You know, I know this. There's a there's a highly recruited kid here from Birmingham Groves, Avery Gatch. I'm watching that kid big time. I thought he was locked in on Michigan. Now he took a visit to Michigan State with the coaching change, but he's a guy that we got to really, really take a look at to get a feel for where our program is. 
the local kids. I don't want Michigan State to start getting re recruits again. We got to get 80% of the kids in this state. We got to crush the state of Michigan. That's when our program is rolling, when they get guys we don't want. And then maybe one out of every 10 that, they, that we wanted to. That's where it was for 40 years. Jim O. Scarcelli, the O is for optimism. I love it. I got, listen, Denny, I'm not, I'm seeing reasons for optimism. You kidding me? Wink Martindale? That'd be the top guy on, on my list of, of coaches on the planet if you could get in here to bring in replace mentor. He'd be the number one guy on my, on my list. And we got the guy, man, come on. Them kids are going to be fired up. He's going to have them playing, and we're going to be uh, playing great technique and, and, and lining up properly, and uh, the beat goes on, baby. MMD, Denny. You know what MMD means? Michigan means defense. That's what our coaches, Coach Mack, put that on the wall. I remember my fir first year at Michigan, and Coach Mo used to put MMD. Michigan means defense. Ain't nothing changed. You know what the O in, in Jim Ingersoll's name means? Orgy. That's what it is. Okay. All right, Scar, great job. Fire it up, man. Optimism. Like the energy. Go blue, Danny. There you go. That's what I was waiting for. There he is, Jim Scarcelli.